everyone and welcome back to another episode of Digital Dialogue. I'm Caitlin and today we are discussing color theory and how it plays a massive role in the design of a website. Lindsay and Emily are back with us again to join in the conversation and offer their designer insight. So there's a total of 16.8 million colors available for designers to choose from. And while the combinations seem endless, it's important to know that's not always the case. Color has meaning, so it's important to pick the right combos to clearly reflect a site's message. So I guess to dive in, how do you both approach color in your process? For me, this really depends on a combination of things. If the client has an established brand, I try not to stray from their allotted color choices. And if the client has yet to establish a brand, the industry really helps determine this. For example, blues and greens are typically used in pharmaceutical companies because they both they are both soothing and trusting. And another example would be the financial industry. We do a lot of finance sites here. Mm. And a lot of the banks use a form of navy within their palette because it symbolizes trust. Um, I've also found that color, you know, kind of also plays a huge part in user interface and user experience design. Um, so when you're designing for a website's interface, so things like buttons, like checkboxes, toggles, um, radio buttons, breadcrumbs, all those things, um, your interface shouldn't really be made up like of a whole different, you know, array of colors. Um, the user should really be able to quickly identify what's a button. Um, what's a call to action since, you know, buttons and other input, input controls, that's how users interact with your website. So keeping them consistent will solve, you know, all your color problem. No, definitely. And you make a really good point there. I've never, I mean, now thinking back, I have completely noticed that like buttons are all the same color mm-hmm. to add consistency to a site. Um, especially when people are scrolling. So they know, you know, that will obviously solve their problem, whatever it is that they're looking for. And back to Emily's point, too, that also makes a lot of sense because I know, too, like, for example, purple, that's always, like, royalty, mm, luxurious, yeah. a lot of, like, big brands like that trying to come across that way, use that yeah. color. So, yeah, definitely, they all have a meeting. Um, where do you find your color inspiration for certain projects? Um, I found that Adobe has a lot of really good resources for design. They have a really good color palette library where you can kind of, like, search like a specific word or industry and Adobe will take that word and like pop up a whole different set of color palettes that they think that users have uploaded um, that matches that word. So um, let's say we're doing like a finance website. You can type Mm -hmm. in finance and it will like bring up like all these different shades of blue, all these different shades of um, green, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just a really, really good jumping off yeah Yeah. a jumping off point a resource for just like you said like just starting off and getting you know a really good um inspiration and ideas for colors that way that's awesome um do you both have a few like best practices you follow yeah one practice that I tried to follow for every project is less is more Mm. having two three primary colors at minimum two accent colors and implementing a neutral gray or a white really gives a well-rounded palette without overwhelming the user and keeping all color uses consistent within the design not only solidifies the design but promotes brand recognition kind of going off what Lindsay said about all buttons being the same colors and checkboxes toggles and having the same kind of active colors as well and hovers 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, in fact, something kind of similar that I like to keep in mind um, when I'm designing is the 60-30-10 rule. Um, it's basically a color rule that not only web design uses, but t- like all different areas of design, mm-hmm. um, they use this rule. But basically, it's you use 60% of your primary color, um, 30% of your secondary colors, and 10% of your accent colors. So when you put that all into a one design, that kind of um, makes a very, very like visually pleasing, very mm-hmm. um, clean, very just fun to look at um, design. Definitely. That actually kind of like brings me into my next question is how important is it to incorporate white space when it comes to your designs? Ooh. Yeah, white <laughs> space. Oh my God. It is so important. It is the gift that keeps on giving. That's what I really thought. Is. I wanted to get your take on it first. <laughs> Clients hate it, but we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically in web design, white space allows elements to breathe on the page so that specifically in web design, the user isn't overwhelmed with mm-hmm. like so many different things yeah. in one area. Yeah, keeping things easily digestible. Yeah, and it plays a huge part, with that said, it plays a huge part in user experience. Um, like things like buttons, forms, cards, um, you know, for example, buttons are strategically placed on a website, and part of that placement is making sure that the button is easy to find and easy mm-hmm. to see. And it's not crowded by other elements um, on the page. So, you know, like I said before, like users can easily distinguish, you know, what's supposed to be interacted with and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fields, um, a, if a form doesn't like have enough white space around it, or around the fields, like users might, you know, skip over some or, yeah. you know, not complete something. Yeah, so see just, it as a scam almost. Yeah. A so. lot of times clients see white space as free real estate. Mm. where it's a little tough to yeah. explain it because a lot of people aren't familiar with the web world and there is a lot more space that we have rather mm-hmm. than like print design where that's true. yes white space typically is free real estate mm-hmm. and print but because web is so versatile yeah you really need it and i can definitely see if they you know having that mentality mm. i mean the clear message of whatever the site is, it's going to get lost. Yep. If there's a bunch of stuff going around that could easily distract the user. And that's why I personally like, and maybe that's because of my background too, but I really gravitate towards like clean white websites. I don't know what it is. But yeah. um, so I'm, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Clients are terrified of white space, I swear. Yeah. But it's one of the best tools. But we're fans there. of it. Yes, so. very much so. <laughs> and try to incorporate it when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the biggest mistakes designers can make when it comes to color usage? Um, so a few, in my opinion, would be using colors that are too bright for reading online. Mm. You want to be able to quickly read and see things. And a lot of times if colors are too bright, people don't take time to decipher it. Yeah. Um, also not having enough contrast for ADA compliance. So screen readers skip over certain things or just having certain color blindness makes things impossible to see. Also, using too many colors, as we mentioned, like having the 60-30-10 rule. Um, And then tying back to your first question, Caitlin, not being consistent with color usage. Mm. Example of making all CTAs or buttons all different colors or hover effects being inconsistent. That really confuses people and 
makes you not sure if you should click on certain things when you should be. Yeah. Um, especially with that ADA compliance, that is becoming such an integral part of modern web, des- web design. So um, when designers don't design uh, for ADA compliance, um, you know, the screener just take over, like Emily was saying. And Yeah, it won't be able to read the screen. No, you're right. I mean, we actually talked about ADA compliance on last week's post and um, blog post and uh, podcast episode. And it is so true. I mean, it's not web design, but Colin made a good point about how his mom bought popcorn. And because it was, I think it was white lettering over yellow, you know, backdrop, she completely missed that it was lemon flavored popcorn. So stuff like that, I'm sure, you know, the readers that you're referring to, they're not picking up on a lot of that content Yeah, and if it's, you use the wrong colors. It's, it's very hard sometimes because I think almost on every project that we've done, um, a lot of the client colors, like part of their brand, they're not compliant. So, that, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, we love this blue, but it doesn't, if you put white text over it, it's not mm-hmm. compliant. Yeah. So then we have to break the news to them, like... I'm sorry, but, you know, your yeah. colors won't work for buttons or this or that. Mm-hmm. But um, that's definitely a problem that we have to creatively solve in order to, you know, get around ADA compliance. That's so true, yeah. Because, I mean, we have a few clients I know, you know, that kind of come clean, fresh slate, where they don't have any branding at all. But the ones that do, that is definitely yeah. a hurdle yeah. you have to kind of dealing with that right now. overcome. <laughs> But yeah, well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and discussing this. Um, We'll have a blog post out kind of highlighting a little bit more in depth what we discussed today. And I'll also link our blog post from last week if anyone's interested in learning a little bit more about ADA compliance because I do think it's so important. Definitely. For sure. Well, great. Thank you. Thanks, Caitlin.